Welcome to Hidden Headlines, the good news, the God news, the stuff nobody in the secular media is talking about. I'm your host, Brian Sussman, and this is a special edition of Hidden Headlines. Coming up in just a bit, we're going to be speaking with Ryan Lambert. Ryan is part and parcel of a tremendous website and a tremendous ministry, by the way, entitled First Fruits of Zion. They're online at ffoz.org. Now, if you're a Messianic believer, or or if you're a Jewish person who has yet to make the big leap of faith, their website is packed with so many wonderful resources. They've got Messiah Magazine, Top Shelf, High Quality Magazine, Messiah Journal. Uh, they have the Torah Club, where Jews all over the world uh, come to read the various portions of Scripture that are, in fact, read in every synagogue that's um, practicing in the world. They just have a tremendous ministry. And so Ryan's going to be along with us. The reason why I wanted to talk with Ryan, it has to do with something I brought forth last week on Hidden Headlines involving a popular megachurch pastor and what I consider to be his alarming theology. Uh, His name is Andy Stanley. Some of you evangelical Christians probably have heard of him before. He leads a huge church in Atlanta, and he's following in the footsteps of his father, Charles Stanley, who I always had a lot of respect for. Uh, Andy Stanley's become a very popular author, but in my opinion, my opinion, uh, unlike his dad, he has put forth some very controversial theological opinions that I believe rob Christians of their rich spiritual heritage, and perhaps much worse. So Ryan is really an expert, and I am I'm an enthusiast. Maybe we could look at it that way. But Ryan is in ministry, and he has dedicated his life to the service of Yeshua, and uh, we'll be speaking to him about his take on Andy Stanley. It's also interesting, uh, Ryan leads a congregation, a Messianic congregation, in the Atlanta area, and Andy Stanley is in Atlanta. I have reached out uh, to Andy Stanley's church and have had no response. Uh, I, I don't take offense in any way, shape, or form. And by the way, I don't hold any animus towards Andy Stanley. I want to make that very clear as well. But it's an interesting interview that I have with Ryan, and again, you'll be hearing that shortly on Hidden Headlines. Now, some of the other stories that I want to get to that are on the blog at briansussman.com. I have one involving why I pray for Lady Gaga. This is getting a bit of attention. Listen, there are several people in the entertainment industry that I pray for regularly, and one of them is Lady Gaga, a.k.a. Stephanie Germanata. Now, Stephanie... Lady Gaga, is an amazing talent. She really is. Um, I I realize she's, some of you are saying, my gosh, she's so far out there. And oh, Jesus, oh my gosh, and she's so edgy. And oh, geez, she's causing kids to sin. Stop that, please. Just for let's just concentrate on her God-given talent (laughs) because she has a lot of that. And and my gosh, you know, um, in Yiddish, we would say she has a lot of chutzpah, right? She, I saw a video of her When she was attending New York University, I believe she was a freshman, maybe a sophomore, so what, 18, 19 years old? And she was playing in a club with some other college students. She had everybody in that club, maybe, I don't know, 150 people. She had everybody in the palm of her hand. Oh my gosh, what a gift. 
and she was having fun with the audience and they were loving her. And, and I'm watching this video. Of course, I knew it was Lady Gaga, but before anyone knew she was going to be Lady Gaga. And I thought, this, this is greatness in the making. Now, as for her spiritual side, I know she was raised Catholic. She's very proud of that. She also recently said that she's a Christian. However, if I may just go there for a moment, being a Catholic or a Baptist or a Lutheran or whatever hardly makes one a Christian any more than being a librarian makes you a book. You know what I'm saying? I mean, who knows? Maybe Lady Gaga does believe that Jesus exclusively is the way, the truth, and the life, just as he said in the Gospel of John chapter 14, verse 6. And if that's true, then my prayer is that she'll take it to the next level and surrender to his lordship and his leadership, right? I mean, some of you listening know exactly what I'm talking about. He can be your savior, but not your Lord. I mean, you have to come in, hands up, I surrender. I surrender all. Remember the old the old hymn from days gone by? I surrender all, I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. I'll never forget the first church I'd ever I ever went to. Um, after I had uh, my my experience with Yeshua, I didn't know where to go. It's like I got to go somewhere, right? I mean, what do I do? I go to a church, and I remember they sang that the very first night, um, and all this was new to me. But I still remember to this day. I surrender, just like the enemy comes and raises their hand and says, "Okay, we give up." Uh, Jesus, Yeshua is not our enemy, but we give up. Okay, my way's not working. My way's not working. And and I hope that really and truly, if if Stephanie, uh, German Otto, Lady Gaga, does believe that Jesus is the way, truth, and life, I pray she takes it to the next level and surrenders to his lordship and leadership. Now, where am I going with this? On Saturday, Lady Gaga slammed Vice President Pence as the worst example of a disciple of the faith. Why? Because his wife works at a Christian school. And it's a Christian school that doesn't endorse homosexual behavior. She said, To Mike Pence, who thinks it's acceptable that his wife works at a school that bans LGBTQ, you are wrong! She said this uh, uh, doing a little Twitter live. She said, You should not discriminate against Christianity. You are the worst representation of what it means to be Christian. And she continued, I'm a Christian woman. I, and what I do know about Christianity is that we bear no prejudice and everyone is welcome. So you can take all that disgrace, Mr. Pence, and look yourself in the mirror and you'll find it right there. Okay, this has nothing to do with, I mean, let's just get your politics out of the equation. This has to do with a man whose wife went to work part-time at a Christian school that doesn't allow for homosexuality. That's it. Forget his politics. Okay, that's the story. That's the story. Um, it's interesting. Madonna's, excuse me, Madonna. Lady, Madonna's another person I've been praying for for years. Um, her fiery comments, Lady Gaga's fiery comments, they sound, I mean, they sound discriminatory and prejudiced and hardly friendly. You might say there's even a tinge of hatred in her remarks. I think perhaps she's letting her politics influence her thinking on this, but maybe not, maybe not. Listen, uh, because she does have, obviously, a lot of friends in the LGBTQ But here's the unabashed biblical truth, if I may. God loves lesbians and gays and bisexuals and transgenders and queers. And he loves those who engage in premarital sex 
and adulterers and perverts and pedophiles. He loves them all. So much that he came to this planet in the form of a human to die a wretched death as atonement for our sins. And if we believe and abide in him, he promises to transform us to be more like him. Okay, listen. Prior to making that commitment of faith to Yeshua, oh, you don't even want to know how bad a guy I was. And can I tell you something? I'm a, now I'm a saved sinner. I'm still a sinner. Oh, you don't even want to know. And maybe it's not the things I've done, but the things I've thought. So perhaps as a Catholic, Lady Gaga would be interested in what the man the Catholics referred to as St. Peter has to say about such transformation. I mean, St. Peter in the Catholic Church is a big deal, right? St. Peter said, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is, revealing, is revealed at his coming. As obedient children. Let me, I'm gonna, I want to back up on that. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope, Lady Gaga, on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Folks, sex of any kind outside of marriage between a man and a woman is unholy. Sex of any kind outside marriage between a man and a woman is unholy. Indeed, the Bible says marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. There, there will be a judgment. There will be a judgment. Not my words. I didn't say it. That's from Hebrews 13.4. So God desires that his people be obedient to his word, as expressed in the Bible. Because the Bible illustrates the character of God. All 613 of the commands in the quote-unquote Old Testament reveal to some degree, right, God's character. And God's power is, is able to change our sexual behavior and passions. I've seen this oh, several friends of mine, once gay. Um, I mean, I mean gay. I mean, they, they, they lived in San Francisco and they were part of that community. And now they're happily married to women. Yes, it's true. There was a, a young lady in a New Believers Bible study my wife and I uh, occasionally lead. And uh, she was once a lesbian. Jewish girl, lesbian, now married to a man, and together they have a child. By the way, it's interesting, her story. So as a lesbian, she just, she was getting so, she just wanted to know the Lord. So she thought, I'll go Orthodox. So here's a lesbian Orthodox, right? <laughs> and she said she started getting mad at God because she couldn't live up to all that she had to do to be an Orthodox woman who was also a lesbian. She got mad at God. That's when she, that's when she finally gave it up and came to Yeshua. <laughs> so here's, here's what I say in my blog post at briansussman.com on this. If God has somehow changed his opinion on sexual relations over the centuries, then he might owe an apology to the former cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. But Yeshua does say, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. This is what he wants to do. When you sincerely make him Lord and confess your sins, he will bring about as much transformation as you will let him. So I am praying for you, Stephanie. That's what I say in the blog post at briansessman.com. It's another story that came on board this week. Jewish hate comes to an online retailer. 
You know, for those of us who are Jewish, this is a new spin on the most ancient enmity, right? Uh, by en- enmity, I'm, I'm referring to Genesis 3, 14, 15. You know, after Satan tempted Adam and Eve in the garden, we read that God put enmity between Satan and his ilk and Eve and her offspring. And ever since, Satan's been going after God's chosen people, initially in an attempt to prevent the Messiah from being born. And he's been going after authentic followers of Yeshua, Christians who, are, are, uh, who believe in Jesus and follow him. Uh, that's linked up to a, a, a larger article over at WorldNet Daily. But this was at Zazzle.com. Fortunately, Zazzle removed it right off the bat. There was a third-party vendor involved um, who goes with a monitor, the, the Slesk Bazaar, the Slesk Bazaar. Slesk. What is Slesk? I don't know. Uh, the shirt said, at least I'm not Jewish. Ha, 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 ha. By the way, it was, it was a hot trending shirt for a time. At least I'm not Jewish. At least I'm not Christian. No, that was the other shirt. For real, that was the other shirt that was put together by this Meshuggah. The story's up at briansussman.com. Now, let's get back into this story involving North Point Church in Atlanta. It's pastored by Andy Stanley. By the way, this is an incredibly successful church. 38,000 members. It is a mega church's mega church, if I could say something like that. Uh, and I've used some of Andy Stanley's resources, especially some of his resources for small groups. But again, I was concerned, just as many are, involving the comments that he's made and that he's not backing down on. In fact, I guess my, maybe you could say he's doubling down on regarding the Old Testament scriptures. I brought in an expert for this particular special edition of Hidden Headlines. Uh, this is Ryan Lambert. As I mentioned, he's with First Fruits of Zion. What an excellent resource, ffoz.org. Now, chances are, if you're a Messianic Jew, you already know about these guys. But if you're just a Jewish Jewish person sort of kicking the tires of faith, so to speak, kicking the tires of Messiah, if you will, uh, that would be an excellent resource because they do some good stuff. You know, back when I first came into relationship with Yeshua, this is going back quite a few years, there weren't a lot of resources. I mean, for a time, I thought I was like the only Jewish person that had ever done something like this in recent history. And I was able to find some good resources from Moshe Rosen and Jews for Jesus, but other groups have popped up along the way. And and, uh, First Fruits of Zion, ffoz.org, they are, they're as good as anyone, maybe, maybe better than anyone. Um, I use their Parshas every week. Uh, the Messianic congregation that I am a part of in the San Francisco Bay Area, Sima Haranai, Branch of the Lord, uh, uses their Parshas. So for those of you who are Gentiles, say, Parsha, what's a Parsha? These are portions of Scripture that are read uh, every Sabbath morning. And uh, we're reading these along with basically every religious Jew on the planet. We're all reading from the same portions of the Bible, if you will. The Messianic Jews just do something a little different in that they bring a portion from the New Covenant Scriptures every week as well. So I read those along with so many of you at ffoz.org under their Torah Club, and they also have an audio version as well, which is a great, great resource. So let's go now to my interview with Ryan Lambert. I begin the interview, which was taped just a couple of days ago, I begin the interview with asking him how he first heard 
about Andy Stanley and his position regarding the Old Covenant Scriptures. Yeah, it's an interesting story, Brian. Uh, there's there's some irony here, and and certainly uh, God's providence. I I live in the Atlanta area, and actually I live about ten minutes from North Point Church, which, uh, as you said, is a is a huge uh, network of churches here in Atlanta. Actually, it's the second largest uh, church in the United States. Thirty eight thousand people attend on site North Point churches. Uh, here in the Atlanta area every week, um, and that's over six campuses. So it's very difficult to live in Atlanta uh, at all, and certainly the north side of Atlanta, without feeling the impact of North Point Church. Um, so I've followed Andy Stanley for years, and just over the course of time, because I live here in Atlanta, and then also I lead a Messianic Jewish synagogue here in Atlanta as well, in addition to my work with First Fruits of Zion, um, our synagogue is... 10 minutes away from Andy Stanley's church, and just through various connections and relationships, I've developed some some very nice friendships with some of his staff, um, and so that's, uh, that's just taken place over time. Now, here's what's really interesting and ironic, is that about three days before uh, that the, the story broke uh, last, I think it was last May, about Andy Stanley's, um, the sermon series that book of controversy is based on. Um, myself and two of my FFOZ colleagues, Damien Eisner and Toby Janicki, were actually at North Point Church for three days attending one of their conferences on small group strategy. And we were there just because, one, we have respect for Andy and, and what North Point does really well, which is small groups. So we wanted to go and glean what we could for uh, possibly implementing some of the strategies in our, more so just how they do groups and, and, and things like that for our Torah club. So we were there. We were on a high. It was wonderful. I mean, they did a just amazing job with this conference. We learned so much. And then I'm telling you, Brian, not, it, was, it was just a day or two later that this thing broke about this particular sermon within this larger series where Andy used the language that Christians should unhitch uh, basically their faith from the Old Testament. And then, you know, that, that just sort of led to a pretty strong response in the Messianic Jewish community. And so I watched the sermons and, and you know, brought some of my concerns to the attention of some of my friends at North Point. And one of the, one of the, the, the responses was, hey, Andy's going to be coming out with a book called Irresistible. It'll be released later in the year, and that will more fully explain his viewpoints and hopefully put at ease some of the concerns that not only the Messianic community, but, but, but many in the Christian community have expressed. Well, long story short, uh, and I'll take a breath here in just a second, um, the book series sadly only uh, increased our, our concerns and, and, and just sort of emotional and deeply concerning theological response to what Andy was putting forth in the book. Yeah, so that's the history. That's, and it is troubling on a number of levels, and I'd love for you to talk about these. Uh, on the one hand, I think it's my experience that you're cheating a Gentile believer, for example, a brand new Gentile believer, if all they know is the gospel, if all they know are right. the teachings of Jesus, they're really enjoying the dessert, but they haven't had the three-course meal by which they could appreciate the rich, full, and fullness of this, of this Savior that they're following. 
Yeah, that's that's. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think, look, there are just countless uh, Gentile Christians that have that story that, that that love the Old Testament and love the ethics and the stories. Sure, there are challenging things in the Old Testament and in the New Testament that um, are are not easy. And so, I on one level, Brian, I think it's important that we we. I want to again show respect to Pastor Andy Stanley for the fact that he is. He realizes that there's a problem, and and we would agree that that, that there is a problem is that there's a lot of misunderstanding uh, regarding certain sections of the Bible, and there are difficult sections such as slavery in the Bible, or polygamy in the Bible, or genocide in the Bible. All these things are legitimate questions that people have, and if they're not put in their proper context then it can lead people to turn away from the Bible. But so Andy's answer to the problem, and we would agree on many levels in how he identifies what the problem is, that's not really what we're debating. It's his answer to the problem. His answer is, well, let's just simply unhitch the Old Testament. And he's not, it's important, he's not saying, he does believe that the Old Testament is the Word of God, and that it should be included in our Bibles, but he's just arguing for basically a, a very uh, clear and defining dividing line that basically says really none of that stuff is relevant, applicable, and we really just need to focus hmm. on Jesus and the cross and so forth. And we would agree on one level that, yes, the culmination of the gospel and the good news and the story of redemption is in Yeshua, our Messiah. Amen. But that that all, as you were alluding to just a moment ago, that all is built on a foundation in the Tanakh, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Scriptures, that still is very relevant today. And I think it was relevant to Yeshua's first, to Jesus' first followers. You know, even Paul said in his letter to Timothy, all Scripture is God-breathed, is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And Paul wrote that, one, to an audience that was that was probably predominantly, if not exclusively, Gentile. And so in his mind, discipleship and training in righteousness involved learning from what we call today the Old Testament. Because, again, when Paul wrote those words, the only scripture that was acknowledged as scripture right. was, was the Old Testament. So there's huge problems in what Andy is in his answer to the problem and we would say that there's a, the better answer is, let's not run from those difficult questions in the Bible, but let's, let's put them in their proper context, which is a Jewish context. Now, again, the message, the scriptures, it's for the world. But the context in which those texts and really the entire Bible were given is in a Jewish context. And if we really pay attention to that, I think it can help us to come up to, with good, solid answers to some of those difficult questions without having to take the radical steps of unhitching or doing anything along that line. And wouldn't you agree, Ryan, when you look at the totality of the quote-unquote Old Testament and the 613 laws that come forth through that testament, you're, you're under, you have a better understanding of the full character of God, and, and I think that's important for people to grasp, know, absorb, etc., yeah, I think so too, and it's been it's very um, it's very sad to me um, not to not well. I am going to pick on Andy because you know he he's he's had the boldness and the clarity to to put it out there, but 
really it's important also to acknowledge that what Pastor Andy Stanley is, is, has expressed with clarity and boldness in his book and his sermon is really what many, many Christian pastors, leaders, and people's in pews uh, believe as well on some level. And so, but one of the one of the sort of defining ways that just Pastor Andy sort of frames this is that essentially the God of the Torah and the God of the Old Testament was mostly concerned with a vertical relationship, but that Jesus really directs us towards having a horizontal relationship. Basically, it has to, you know, it's not just about an up and down relationship with God. In Andy's mind, that's what the Old Testament, you know, the Old Testament's all about. But the new thing that Jesus introduced is about, hey, our relationship with God has to affect people and relationships. And I couldn't disagree with that more. You know, as I study the the, 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 the mitzvot, the, the commandments of the Torah, I see all, it's all about vertical stuff. It's all about relationships and treating people with justice, even in you know, as I'm preparing my weekly messages and comments on the, the weekly Torah portion, and I know you like to study the weekly parshas as well. If you're really studying it week in and week out, you see that the commandments of the Torah are all about how to treat each other with chesed, with kindness, how to treat even your animals. And, you know, we have all kinds of laws which govern how to have uh, horizontal relationships that reflect justice, mercy, kindness, you know, even in uh, just some of my preparation for, for Torah Club for a, for a Parsha that's coming uh, up in a, in, a, in a few weeks, you know, there's a law that says, look, a judge can't show preferential, preferential treatment uh, towards somebody who is basically somebody who's destitute. In other words, you know, if you're in a court of law and somebody comes and they're destitute, a judge has to treat a poor person just as well and with the same equity as they would with you know, somebody who has meaning. Judges have to judge fairly. Man, that's a beautiful thing. That's all about horizontal. So I think this this dichotomy that Andy Stanley has, at least as is presenting, uh, really is problematic and, and just doesn't reflect the beauty of the of the Tanakh and of the Torah. Something Andy Stanley said recently, and I've I'll just repeat this quote. He said, the new covenant replaced the old one. The covenant established by Jesus retired the covenant God established with the nation of Israel. This is why most Christians don't mind a little bacon with their eggs. I I read that and I thought to myself, okay, if he wants to go there, let me ask Ryan about this because I know, and you do as well, uh, many Jewish followers of Yeshua who maintain the traditions to the point where they would be considered traditional Orthodox Jews, and they do it with great delight. They look at, they look at the dietary laws and they say, I'm willing to obey these because it's a new revelation to them. They go through these. It's not a burden. It's a joy. It's a delight. And I think, I think the Pastor Stanley's completely missing that. Yeah, I, Brian, I, I, I really couldn't agree with the way you put I don't think I can improve on, on how you just uh, articulated that, um, other than just to share my own experience as a Jewish believer. I, look, I didn't grow up in a religious Jewish home. I, was, we were, you know, I grew up in a Reformed Jewish home where we were mostly secular. God was important. We went to synagogue. I had a bar mitzvah, um, you know, all those kinds of things. But we weren't really a religious Jewish family from the sense of keeping strict kosher or, you know, really keeping the Shabbat, the Sabbath, in a, in a dedicated way. 
but as I, you know, as really since I became a follower of Yeshua, my level of observance uh, of, of the Torah has, has grown. It's been a process uh, for me to now to where I, you know, have a, a pretty serious and, and committed level of, 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 of observance of Torah, not in order to merit my salvation, God forbid, but, but to as an expression of, hey, this is what faithfulness to God looks like. This is how I walk out faithfulness to God. And I tell you, Brian, I couldn't agree with you more in that, you know, uh, dedicating myself to resting on Shabbat and keeping uh, the level of kosher that I do, it just brings a level of holiness and, and, and focus on God that, um, that that comes down into everyday life. So when I, you know, make the choice to, to, to eat kosher, it's like saying, hey, even in my eating, God is there. And God's presence, yes. thinking about God, and when I, you know, resting on Shabbat as opposed to, you know, doing other things that, that I could be doing, man, that brings the holiness and the sanctity and the reminder of God into that special sanctified time. So, yeah, I, I, and many people who have you know similar stories, I think would would testify similarly. Gosh, this isn't a burden; it's a delight, it's a joy. And it brings God into so many areas of life that, uh, that, that keeps, keeps him ever before us. It keeps him ever before us. That was my interview with Ryan Lambert from firstfruitsofzion.org, ffoz.org. And I suppose that last portion of the interview might be best, might be best taken by the Gentile Christian who wears a cross around his or her neck. Why do you wear that cross? That's a constant reminder, isn't it? And there are other things we do in our lives as a constant reminder. The beautiful thing is the Jewish people have a bunch of these. Everything from, everything from the, the high holy days, which include the Passover, to Hanukkah, to Rosh Hashanah, to Yom Kippur, and a host of other things. And I find great joy in in keeping what I personally keep. And I know there are many Messianic believers who go far, far further than I do. And to them, I say, right on, brother, right on, sister. That is it for this edition of Hidden Headlines. I hope you enjoyed this. And if you do, or if you did, I should say, please make sure that you share it with someone and give it a like as well. Always important. BrianSussman.com is where you can find out more about me. There's also the blog at briansussman.com. And don't forget my Another Chance podcast. These are amazing testimonies of people that I know who have had their lives completely changed by the God who says, I am the way, truth, and life. That's briansussman.com for that. I'm on Twitter, Brian underscore Sussman. I'm on Facebook, Brian Sussman Show. Instagram, Brian Sussman Show. Thanks for listening. These come online every Thursday.